Good morning. If you have your Bibles with this morning, turn to Genesis 45. Genesis 45. We're going to look at verses 3 through 11, but I'm going to start with verses 1 through 3. When you're there, say amen. Genesis 45, verses 3 through 11, but I'm going to start with verses 1 through 3. Amen. Amen. Scripture says, Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for the reading of your word. I pray now, Father, that you'd open our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our senses that we'd be receptive to your word, that we'd take and apply it to our lives, that we may become better disciples of your son, Jesus. I pray now, Father, that you'd remove me from this. Use me as your humble vessel, speaking your word through me. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. So we know the story of Joseph, right? Joseph was the little little boy who uh, had dreams and told his brothers that they were all going to bow down to him. And so his brothers thought to themselves, you little snot-nosed brat, we're going to throw you into this cistern. And well, now I'm paraphrasing because they really didn't call him a snot-nosed brat, but that's what they were thinking, right? So they throwed him into the cistern and, and they pondered on just leaving him there and they were thinking about killing him. And one of the brothers was against it and, and said, well, if we're, let's just sell him because here come a caravan. And so they sold him into slavery. And they took his coat, they covered it with some, some blood, and they took it back to their father and they said that he must have gotten uh, eaten or killed by some wild animal. And so their father mourned for days and days and days. But ultimately there was a famine in the land and Joseph's brothers and all of his, his father and all of his family were beginning to starve. They were beginning to see that there wasn't going to be any food for them. So Joseph's father sent his brothers into Egypt to look for some food. So they came to Pharaoh's house. And in this time that, that Joseph has been gone, he's found favor with Pharaoh. He's interpreted dreams to Pharaoh, and he's even told Pharaoh that there's going to be a famine in the land. So Pharaoh's been preparing for this beforehand. He's been putting wheat into his barn. He's been taking care of the people, putting back more food for them than they could possibly eat in order to take care of those during the famine. So here we see that Joseph's brothers have returned to him, and Joseph is revealing himself to his brothers. He says in verse 3, Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Why would they be terrified at the presence of Joseph? They were terrified because they knew what they had done. In their heart, they knew that they had done wrong by Joseph. They had pretty much counted him as dead that he'd been put into slavery and that there was no telling where he was at and they would probably never see him ever again. Yet now they stand in his presence. 
Verse 4, Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Joseph looked at this totally different. We have talked about this before that we believe things happen in our lives for a reason. We may not understand why at the moment, but it happens for a reason. Here Joseph is saying, I know why I was sold into slavery. God sent me ahead of you so that I could prepare for you in this time of famine. How many of you have siblings? If you have siblings. You and your siblings always got along together, right? You mean you and Pat didn't get along? Oh, me and Pat didn't. Me and Susan don't. You and Susan don't. Okay. <laughs> I had three wonderful sisters, and they always treated me kindly. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I have two sisters that are as mean as a junkyard dog. They're just mean. I have one sister that's just as sweet as she could possibly be. But now she can get mean if she has to. But two of them had decided, and I know I've told you all this story today, but it's, this goes good together. We'll tell you. <laughs> two of them had decided that we were going to play Cowboys and Indians and that I was going to be the Indian and they were going to be, I was going to be the cowboy, and they were going to be the Indians. So they had caught me, and the oldest of the two directed and gave demands for the youngest one to tie me up with a jump rope to a six-by-six six pole on the back of our house. They did so, and then she directed for the youngest one to tighten double knots so I could not get undone. And then they decided, the oldest, that they should stick rocks in my mouth so that I could not scream for help. Pretty good idea. Then the oldest gave the command to the youngest to tickle me until my pants were wet. And then they left me. They left me. And my mother found me. And oh, did she find me. And mother was angry. And mother took her ping pong paddle. She had a big wooden ping pong paddle and had a staple that was in one side of it. She never pulled out. We were scared to death of that staple. Lay that staple never got anywhere near any of us, but we were scared to death of the staple. Mother whipped them, and I loved it at first. I thought it was the greatest thing there ever was. And then I began to think about that staple. And then I began to cry as they were crying. Because I knew that was hurting them. And I loved my sisters. So after it was all over, mother made us hug each other and tell each other we loved each other. And that was hard on them to tell me that. But then we all skipped off and went and played Barbie dolls. Because that's what a brother does with three sisters. He plays Barbie dolls. Joseph could have been angry in this situation. Joseph's anger could have bawled over at his brothers to the point he said, I'm going to have you put in prison. I'm going to have you put into slavery. You and your families are going to be my servants from now on. That's not how Joseph looked at this. Joseph looked at the fact that he felt like he had been sent by God ahead of them to be their salvation. 
He goes on to say in verse 6, So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of all his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and all you have. I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. Joseph not only loved his brothers and said, don't be angry at yourself, but he also offered life to the rest of the family to come and he would take care of them. Look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 through 38. Now I know it's still kind of cool and it's going to be raining and a little cool next week or so, but how many of you are thinking about planting your gardens? Think a little bit about it, you know, about, well, we've we done this last year, we're going to do this this year, we're going to, and for the most part, we're going to buy plants that are already up. But if you're going to plant corn, you're going to get corn and you're going to plant the seeds and if you don't do it by hand, you're going to set a planter so it sets so far apart so that it doesn't all grow together and choke each other out. But unless that grain of corn goes through a stage, and what is that stage called? Germination. If it doesn't go through that stage of germination, then it is not going to produce more corn. But that stage of germination is that of Death and life. Life being resurrected from that grain of, of corn. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 beginning in verse 35. But some will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. Excuse me. So you're not going to go to Walmart and buy the great big old watermelon that you want and go out there and dig a great big old hole and plant it and hope to get watermelons. Right? You're going to plant the seed in order to do that. You might, and this is a bad interpretation, but you could buy a tomato at Walmart, clean it up, shine it up, or at Big Star, clean it up and think, well, I'm not going to eat that, but I'm just going to go plant it. And you would get a multitude of tomato plants. All at one time. But theoretically, you're not going to go and buy a can of green beans and plant them thinking that you're going to get green beans, are you? The same thing here. We are, we are sowed in what we are when we pass from this world. But we are going to be raised differently. Look on down to verse 42. Back up. Verse 38. But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. Now, verse 42. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is, that is sowed imperishable is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor and is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness and it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is... A natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, 
The first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. Then the spiritual did not come first, but the natural and after the spiritual. The first man was of dust of the earth, and the second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of earth, as is the heavenly man. So also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have been born in the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. So we know that Adam was the first man, and we know that God created him in the image of him, that they created Adam and Eve in the presence of them, talking about God and Jesus together. And then we also know that the second Adam is Jesus when he came into the world, that he was the heavenly man that came to earth. So through Adam, we have this flesh and blood, bone body that we have now that is going to waste away, it's going to wither away throughout the years. And that because of sin, the wage of sin, we will experience death unless Jesus returns in all of his glory. Amen? But through our faith and accepting Jesus Christ, we will not only have the flesh and blood that is raised, that is laid to rest, but we'll be raised spiritual because of Jesus. So Jesus came to offer beforehand, before we knew that we had this opportunity to have salvation, Jesus came beforehand to be that love offering to offer faith, hope, love, forgiveness, salvation to us. The same as Joseph was sent ahead of his brothers before the famine to provide for them a salvation in a sense of the famine, Jesus too was sent ahead to offer us salvation. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Verses 27 through 38. <clears throat> so now just as I said, as my sisters were caught and being spanked by my mother with that paddle, and I think about how bad that was, how bad it hurt them, and then it broke my heart that my sisters were experiencing pain. We have to think about how Joseph handled his situation with his brothers. How he could have reacted, but instead he offered love and compassion and mercy. And here in Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 38, Jesus speaking. He says, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Verse 31. Do to others as you would have them do to you. This is known as what? The golden rule. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. 
Verse 32, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what, credits, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Was Joseph merciful to his brothers? Did he offer to them, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you? Did he look to himself and say, okay, that's obviously what they wanted me to do to them because they sold me into slavery. I need to sell them into slavery too because that's obviously what they want. No, that's not what he thought. He offered mercy and forgiveness. He offered love and compassion. This one's going to be hard to swallow because we're all guilty of this. Verse 37. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So if we want to be forgiven, we got to do what? Forgive. So I have already forgiven my sisters for tying me to that pole, tying me up with a rock, and tickling me till I wet my pants. I've already forgiven them of that. I love them with all my heart. They are good sisters Some, sometimes. They're good sisters. Sometimes they can be really mean, but I still love them. The same with Joseph. His brothers were his brothers. He loved them. He loved his brothers. Regardless what they had done to him, he still loved them. Verse 38. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So don't just forgive them, over forgive. Don't just love them, but over love them. Don't just be kind to your enemy and pray for them, but lavish kindness on them. Pray for them repetitively without ceasing that they may come to know and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We've got to do unto others as we have them do unto us. Are we living a life in that way? We have to really think about our actions towards our fellow man and ask ourselves, is this what I want in return? If we'll love our neighbors as we love ourselves and let it begin with us, we'll see a change in our homes, in our community, in our nation, in our world, if we'll put God first and love as he first loved us.